welcome to the Board Shorts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy to digest dose of valuable board and company director related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. Starting on a new board, whether it's your first or your fifth, is equal parts exhilarating and daunting. You want to know what you should be doing, but you don't know enough about this board and this organisation to know what it is that you need to be doing. It's not great feeling out of control like this, particularly for type A personalities like myself. I've actually sat with this feeling many times and I had to go back and count and it's been about eight times over the past 13 years. To help me navigate these first moments on a new board, I've developed a process to fall back on that one, helps me to feel that I'm doing something proactive that will get me to the feeling that I am closer to returning value to the board and organisation in a meaningful way. And two, helps keep the feelings of overwhelm and panic at bay. And a lot of it has to do with managing my own expectations of what is truly possible to achieve in those first 100 days on a new board. So let's get into episode 51, a strategy for your first 100 days on a new board. Of course, I first want to address the elephant in the room here. And that's the first 100 days time period. Essentially, I'm using this first 100 days period as a shorthand for that period of time when you're first on a new board. So the actual time period of 100 days precisely is not an expectation that I want you to place on yourself for getting to feeling really settled on your new board. It could and most likely will take longer than that. Or it could be faster. If you're very familiar with the organisation and with the industry, your learning curve is going to be a lot more rapid than someone who is new to this organisation, new to this industry. How often your board meets and your time that you have available to do the work or the actions that I talk about in this episode is also going to impact how quickly you will feel integrated onto a new board to the point where you feel like you're returning value and to the point where you feel like you're making well-informed decisions in the boardroom. It could be 100 days, it could be six months or longer. This is what I mean when I say to calibrate your expectations as close to what is realistically possible for you, this board and everything else going on in your life, personally and professionally, rather than a 100-day time limit that I plucked out of the air. At this point on a new board, you may want to set your personal goal at this stage 
or your strategy, whatever you want to call it, to be about information gathering and learning. This is really similar to what many new CEOs do when they're new in the role and often they will set their first 90 days as listening days or learning days, whatever it is, where they spend most if not all of their time getting calibrated within the organisation and its operations and its staff and its key stakeholders and using that to set their next 90 days and beyond so that what they are setting themselves to do and achieve is based in something that's realistic because they've gone through and they've listened and they've learned so that they can make better informed decisions about what to do next. Naturally, this takes us to the next logical consideration about what exactly do you need to do? Knowing this is going to enable you to know how much time you need to commit to getting it done because otherwise you're just guessing and making assumptions that are going to end up kicking you in the butt in the future. The best place to start when you don't know what you don't know is the board's induction program or induction process. And hopefully they have one. That process is going to lay out all of the things that you will be taken through that will help you to be a functional board member on this board. It's going to give you the essential information you need to do that. Hopefully, the board provides you with a bit of an overview of what is covered in the induction program. So you know what you need to set your schedule to and what you need to achieve over this next period of time. And hopefully they give you a timeline of when this board expects you to have completed your induction. If you're not sure on any of those, please ask your chair. If you are curious and want to know what kind of things you could expect in an induction process, or if there is no induction process, what you can do instead, I invite you to check out episode 34, which is called Welcome to the Boardroom. And there's a whole bunch of information in there that's going to walk you through induction processes and self-onboarding. So whatever the induction contains and however long it takes, I strongly encourage you to go through this process with rigor. See it as something more than just a tick the box exercise and you're going to really accelerate your learning curve. Actively participate, read, discuss and ask questions. Do anything that's going to give you a solid level of understanding that gives you confidence and comfort in making your decisions in the boardroom. In addition to the induction process, theirs or your own, I have a few recommended additional activities, particularly if they're not already covered in a board induction. And there's five of them. The first is to meet with your chair. 
really get to know them a little bit better. They're going to have the most impact on your board experience, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. So getting to know them is really going to help you to understand them in the boardroom. Ask about their leadership style, how they overcome challenges in the boardroom, what kind of preferences for communication they have between them and you, you and the CEO, you and the other board members. Some chairs can get a little bit particular about this, so asking is going to help set yourself up for success. Check in with them about their expectations of you. When do they expect you to be returning value? What's realistic? If you disagree with them, now is the time to negotiate that learning period. Tell them what you need from them to be successful in the boardroom. It could be something as simple as getting regular feedback on your performance in the boardroom. And regular could be once every few months to six months. Hopefully they don't leave it that long if you're doing something not in alignment with the boardroom culture. (laughs) Anyway, that's a side note. You may want to mention a few of these points that I'm sharing today if they're not included with your induction and if you think they're going to help your learning and explain why you think they're a good idea to do. A great idea is to ask them, so ask the chair what they recommend you do to get really settled into this board and this organisation. They've been in your shoes. So they will likely be able to give you some great pointers about how to really accelerate your learning curve and embed yourself and integrate into the board and into the organisation. Number two, spend a little bit of time in the business. And I know this one runs counterintuitively to what we're all taught as board members that the board must stay strategic. Yes, of course, I agree. However, if you don't have a perspective of the day-to-day realities of life in the organisation, how can you be sure that you're making really fully informed decisions in the boardroom? Taking time out of your day to work in the business may be a little bit extreme for some. However, Personally, it's something that I've committed to doing on boards that I join in the future because I think it's so valuable, particularly for industries and organisations that I'm less familiar with. And I feel that this simple activity will exponentially increase the rate at which you will understand the business of the business. And it's going to give you invaluable perspective on how things are done what employees face daily, and how the organisation is currently serving its customers. With most of us being well and truly back to the daily grind, it's time to assess whether your board is currently leveraging the right mix of skills and experience to allow for diversity of thought, varying perspectives, and innovative strategic discussions. DEI 
diversity, equity and inclusion continues to be a top priority and with good reason. Rather than relying on gut feel and running the risk of lacking an important perspective, you can use OnBoard's skill tracking to track your board's experience, background and expertise and be presented with a holistic overview of your board's skill set and identify any gaps that may need to be addressed. Having a well-rounded board means you are able to represent your community and company mission from all perspectives, as well as assess ESG, environmental, social and governance impacts and identify growth opportunities. Find out more at bit.ly forward slash skills tracking. Number three is get yourself a board buddy. After a meeting or two, you're going to have a sense of who on the board you would like to ask to be your board buddy. Someone who has more knowledge and experience than you do on this board who can help shortcut some of your learning and integration onto the board. They can help you during meetings to figure out what all those acronyms mean and give you really valuable information and feedback on the board's work and how the board and organisation has gotten to its current position. Your board buddy can also help you navigate some of the nuances of board life, particularly the various personalities in the boardroom and within the management team who are likely presenting regularly to the board. And knowing that is really valuable information. Number four is get organised. This is what you really have control over and I highly recommend you do. And this is block out all of the board and committee meeting dates and times as far forward as you can. And I really encourage you to include preparation time before the meetings and time to review and give feedback on the minutes of the meeting afterwards. And at the beginning, you're probably not going to know exactly the sort of time periods that the board uses or works to. So if you don't know it, take your best guess. Usually boards will send their board pack a week ahead of the meeting and then they have to have their minutes sent out uh, before one week after the board meeting. Good idea to have that type of rule of thumb with your committee meetings as well. So block that time out in your schedule, not just meeting time, but prep time and review time. Also, you may want to consider about how you're going to take notes during the meetings. Are you going to handwrite them in a notebook? Are you going to take your laptop and just open new documents and save it like that? Whatever way you choose, Having a consistent process makes your notes a reliable piece of evidence should you ever need them. And number five, use your first few board meetings to get familiar with the board meeting processes. Like I said, when are they sending the board papers out? 
How are decisions presented and made in the boardroom? What document storage system do they use? And do you have access? Do they use board meeting software? Has someone taught you how to use it? How does the board function as a team during the meeting? What is the true culture of the boardroom? What are the personalities around the table and how can I work with them and amongst them and get the best out of them and out of myself? All of these kind of questions that you may not even know that you have or need to answer before you actually get into the meetings, which is why when you're starting on a new board, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and not knowing a lot because you don't, yet still stepping boldly forward. You really need to dig deep into your courage reserves. It's up to you to get to understand your board and the organisation to the extent where you feel confident and comfortable in making the decisions you need to make as a board member. And I guess ultimately that's your aim for your first 100 days on a new board. To recap what I shared today in a strategy for your first 100 days on a new board, number one, go through the induction process and do it with rigour. Number two, meet with your chair. Number three, spend a little bit of time in the business. Number four, get yourself a board buddy. Number five, get organised. Number six, get familiar with the board processes. I hope this helps you to feel as though your feet are firmly under the board table and that you're contributing and returning value to the board and organisation in a realistic time frame and in a realistic manner. I wish you all the best on your new board. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag Board Shorts podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Board Shorts podcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members, helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.